0: Hi there. This week's guest is Zainab Adamu. She is a billing analyst based in London and she's also an independent filmmaker and photographer. I think I've known Zainab it might be about 9 years. Um I met her maybe about 9 years ago, but I haven't seen her much since then, but we've always stayed in touch on social media. I've always followed Zainab's adventures. When I first met her, she was into poetry actually and I think I'd seen her perform and I've always since then kept an eye on her photographic work and she's kept an eye on mine so we've always been talking on and off and I thought she would be great to get on as a beauty enthusiast that's going through lockdown in London. As you might know the past few episodes have all been lockdown focused so I've spoken to women in Italy, LA, New York, This week it's London. I've also added South Africa to that. That's in an upcoming episode. So yeah, I just wanted to talk to Zainab and find out how lockdown is going for her. And she shares how she's taking a little bit more time with her skincare. She's definitely a less is more person. She's not into buying like the most expensive products. I think she's a bit more of a minimalist and that also goes through to her lockdown workout routine. So you'll hear more of that later. We also discuss social media and how many of us are changing our habits when it comes to social media, sometimes getting rid of apps for a week um, and then rejoining apps such as Instagram we talk a lot about Twitter and how it's come out as more of the aggressive social media app and we also discuss the don't rush challenge which is a really cool hashtag that's going around on Instagram right now where men and women are just sort of transforming themselves from being in their quarantine clothes to just looking a little bit more glam so let me know what you think. My name's Sharice Kenyon and this is the Beauty Me podcast. I've been a hair and beauty journalist for about 15 years and I thought it was about time I created my own platform so I could talk all about beauty without the BS. While there's plenty of room for product recommendations, I'm also all about the daily routines, traditions and lifestyle path that make us all approach beauty differently. Before coronavirus, tell me about what your daily routine would be would you have a very specific routine as to like from when you first wake up to when you head out to work
1: yes and i was consciously trying to create something that would benefit me mm-hmm. in a more positive sense because i was definitely one of those people that would wake up roll over reach for my phone at six thirty to look at social media to see like what was going on on the ground or on the timelines <laughs> and I didn't really feel like it was something that was causing any negativity or bringing any negativity to me, but it wasn't bringing anything positive either. So I started a routine where I wake up around six, and I try to to keep the first half hour of the day solely for myself, and it's a time for me to offer devotion, it's a time for me to just say thank you for being able to wake up another day Mm -hmm. and after, you know, offering prayer and gratitude, I would do a series of stretches like on my bed, so I'm just like stretching my lower back and also lifting my arms all the way up to the ceiling lifting my neck from left to right really slowly, moving my shoulders up and down like in certain emotions, just just to feel my body, to be in my body, and to feel present in my body again. And I would usually um, listen to something to do with some type of personal development, whether it's a uh, talk or some Abraham Hicks. Or I there's a podcast that I've been listening to for like five, six years now. It's just called. I think it's called meditation. I can't remember the exact name of it. But it's just a series of like really short 20-minute meditations. And it's just a way for me to like come into the day in a very calm way without hearing other people's thoughts or other people's chatter or gossip or just something that is like so irrelevant at 6 6 a.m. in the morning. Well, it should be irrelevant at 6 a.m. in the morning to me. So that was what I've been doing for the past year. wasn't completely consistent with it. Like there's mornings where obviously I don't have anywhere to go, so I'm not waking up at 6 o'clock on a weekend. Mm -hmm. But if I'm going to work, I try to start my day in a very structured way. Um, I have a shower and I get dressed and I do my hair. And then I get to my favorite part of the morning, which is, Moisturizing and also putting makeup on. I really enjoy the whole process of putting makeup on. Like I make sure that I I have time for that yeah. every single morning. And even if it's just a really simple look with just building eyebrows and some lip gloss and a bit of concealer, I just I just need that. It's something that is so important to me. It's a ritual that just always makes me feel. Like I've got my life together.
0: <laughs> okay, so how did that come about? Do you think? Why do you think you love that part of your day so much?
1: I think it's. I think it's when I'm putting the makeup on. I'm also like speaking intentions to myself at the same time. As I said, it's it's a ritual. So I'm putting my makeup on, but I'm also looking at myself in the mirror and I'm seeing really positive things to myself while I'm in the mirror. And I'm smiling and I'm listening to my favourite songs and I'm just expecting to have a good day. Okay. I'm saying to myself, like, I, I'm I'm going to look good. So therefore, I'm going to feel good. And so therefore, I am destined to have a good day.
0: Okay. <laughs> I know
1: it sounds like, I, it might sound really cheesy, but... Not is at all. It's something, something that I do to spike my, my mind up and to kind of trick my of consciousness of believing that good things are about to happen on that day and sometimes it's not even so much about how I look or the makeup or what products I'm putting on my face I guess it's about the time yeah. the time that I'm giving to myself and just allowing myself to have that little bit of creativity with playing with makeup and thinking about what look I want to put together
0: yeah.
1: as opposed to the fact that I have to go to work and be on public transport for an hour you know it's just something that I can do to kind of soothe myself ease myself into the day.
0: I'm guessing that you're not going into work.
1: I'm definitely not going into work. (laughs) I haven't been into work since, I can't, I think this week was my fourth week of working from home. Wow. And so I remember the office closed and it was just, it just all happened so quickly. Like one minute we were working as normal. Our head of HR sent an email around saying that we're going to close the office. And, yeah, it was like 4.30. And we were just all looking around at each other thinking, we don't even know when we're going to see each other again. So strange and so surreal, you know.
0: It sounds like you had a week on the rest of the country, though.
1: Yes, yeah, I think we are one week ahead. I had some colleagues who were still going into work while I was working from home. And one colleague who, uh, sorry, not colleagues, friends, uh, and my best friend, she was still going into the office, and she was really upset about it. She felt like her employer was putting their employees at risk by asking them to still come in. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, she did contract Covid nineteen as a result of this. and um I just I'm so grateful that my employer took early steps and and the right measures to keep people safe. It was definitely the right time.
0: Hang on. Did you say your friend contracted it? Yes. So she was made to go into work.
1: Yeah, And she called uh, we don't, it. Yeah, we don't work together. She works at a completely different company. Right. But it's, it, like, I just said that to just, like, really emphasize how time is so crucial. Yeah. You know, like, just those extra five days of her being in her office, it's it, it, it changed her life. Oh.
0: How is she doing now? she's much better she's not 100 percent, but she's definitely much better and so I guess so she didn't have to be hospitalized or anything no
1: she didn't
0: yeah wow no I think it is funny how the time makes such a difference because obviously we're told it can be in your system and you're fine but it's in those two weeks that it's working its way through you how many people you interact with and there's nothing you can do if you don't know so the best thing to do is for yeah employers to get on board and I've definitely heard about quite a few businesses that are just their behavior has been pretty disgusting I have to say just keeping staff in a lot of older companies I think they're just still not cool with the whole they don't get the whole working from home concept anyway forget coronavirus for a second they just don't get it and they there's like quite a distrust about oh if you let them work from home they're not going to work whereas in fact you get you can get so much more done I think because you're at home you have a value on it like the sooner I get this work done I can do something else or I can get on with tomorrow's schedule when you're expected to be in an office nine till five a lot of people they're just like right well you know you clock in and clock out you spread that work out but I was hearing some awful stories of, I think some businesses didn't close their offices until a couple of weeks ago. And there are other businesses still that are still carrying on. So I just think it's so important that timeline, you know, we have to learn from places like Italy, but apparently today our people always refer to it as the numbers. And I think that's a safe word for saying, you know, instead of saying deaths, but I think the UK's overtaken Italy now, yeah. and we were what at least two weeks behind Italy. I I do feel for your friend if, if she was going to work fearful. That's not a nice place. It's not a good space yeah. to be in, mentally I or physically.
1: I'm quite blessed because my employer has. They are quite in 2020 yeah. in terms of. In terms of technology, like they invested millions into technology, like into the business. It's, it's a global company, so we have we have offices all over the world. And so, when the Beijing office had to close earlier this year, right. all of their stuff were working from home. So, luckily for the company, they had they kind of had a uh, a way to see like how to manage the process quite early on.
0: Right. Definitely.
1: And even quite, prior to COVID I, there's days that I've just not felt like coming into the office and I've emailed my manager at like 7am and I've just said look I just need to work from home today it okay and he's just been like yeah that's absolutely fine. just make sure that you're reachable
0: when mm-hmm. you
1: need to be reachable and if you know if you have anything that you need to discuss with people let them know that you'll be at home so I haven't been afforded that flexibility in the past I'm very blessed to be in that situation mm. but the companies who don't understand this whole working from home thing and are not willing to invest financially and also just invest trust in their employees this has been the biggest wake up call of all time yeah. people have to get with the designs and people have to evolve and people have to probably they need, need to look at the value the, the intrinsic value of their employees if you do not respect and trust your employees to work from home. What does that say about you? Yeah. Also what does that say about your company values and what does that say about your way of working? You know, we I think we have to move away from this paternalistic style of, of 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 running a company and running people. It's it's got to change. It has to change for people's mental health. It has to change for for parents who need flexibility. You know, all these different circumstances, it just has to change.
0: Yeah, I think if anything's going to make it change, it's going to be this because no one can say it's going to be over next week. I think, again, a lot of the bigger companies are like, well, hopefully, but no, just think ahead. I, you know, it's going to be so important to, you know, we're not even part of the European Union anymore. So as a country, the UK really needs to get on board with working from home. Now that you're not going to work, how has your routine changed do you feel like you've got more time for meditation or self care, or has it kind of gone out the window because you've had some up and down weeks? Like, how's it been for you?
1: There's definitely been a massive adjustment. And the first week of working from home was chaotic for me, I could not find my bearings. <laughs> like I didn't know what time to wake up <laughs> like I start work at nine there's times when I was literally waking up at eight forty-five and uh, <laughs> and opening up my laptop <laughs> but it was it was chaotic because I just did not didn't know what to do I didn't know like what routine would benefit me the most it was just strange and it's just also paired with the intense emotions and slight anxieties about the future. I was a bit restless. And then there's times when I was just not motivated. And then there's days, in the first week, I remember a day where I just didn't even have a lunch. I just took a nap during my lunch break. Mm. I was so drained. I was so emotionally exhausted. Like, I just remember having so many back-to-back conference calls and it was just taking a lot out of me. Mm -hmm. But I've put some more boundaries in place. I've definitely got myself into a better routine and make sure that I, you know, have a shower before I start my day and I have something to eat and I'm drinking a lot of water. And sometimes I don't actually turn my video on <laughs> for, for a conference call because I find it somewhat invasive for, like, certain people in my company to just, like, me see in my face at home. It's a bit much. I look like that's a colleague that I'd, like, chat to. Like, that's someone that I'd chat to normally and quite candidly. Mm-hmm. No, I don't really want people, like, seeing me, like, all relaxed at, at home. It's yeah. It's not something that makes me feel very comfortable.
0: So have you added any extra bits to your routine? Are you taking more time on certain things? If you're not doing the makeup, are you like indulging more in the skincare? I know you said you love the whole moisturising process as well.
1: I'm definitely indulging more in skincare. Skincare okay. is just is life, you know. Is it? <laughs> and it's life and it just feels so luxurious. It feels so delicious. And one thing that definitely has changed is that I've been sleeping slower. Right. Rather than just like rubbing things really quickly into my face so that I can get myself out the door. I'm doing things slowly, you know. And I'm not I don't really spend that much money on skincare. I wouldn't even consider myself a skincare junkie. Like I buy really affordable basic products that you can find in your like local stores or your ethnic beauty stores. Like it's not it's not a big thing for me to have the most expensive or have the most futurist futuristic or Or high technology product. I just want something that has some slip and and moisture. I'm definitely enjoying moisturising and you know spritzing rose. See, that's that's one thing I couldn't do in the office. I can't just whip out uh, rose water and spritz it all over my face in the middle of the office. People wouldn't look look at me like I'm crazy. Why not?
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's hydration.
1: People might think I'm a diva or something, but <laughs> definitely something I'm doing at home every hour. I'm spritzing on that rose, rose water and glycerin and it just feels amazing.
0: Oh, is that already mixed for you together then?
1: Yes, yeah, so I actually do it myself. Oh. Uh, I actually buy uh, just like really normal rose water and I purchase glycerin from Boots. Okay. And I just mix it in a water bottle
0: what kind of ratios is that
1: so it's definitely like i would say 75 percent of it is rose water and then the other 25 is the glycerin
0: okay i might try that myself
1: yeah because sometimes my skin can get a little bit dry especially around like the cheek area yeah and glycerin is nice and fatty it's it's a great humectant as well like it it draws moisture from the air yeah. Into your skin. So it's it's always great for me like when I just feel like I need a, a bit of hydration and a bit of a glow, even though no one's gonna see me, it's just me. <laughs> but it still feels good.
0: You got a glow for yourself, definitely. Exactly. Uh,
1: so tell me, you
0: mentioned you know you're not into like all the high tech beauty, you're not into the expensive skincare. So what kind of products are you using right now?
1: So my staples, a couple of products from the ordinary. I purchased the glycolic acid, 7%, toning solution last year. I think I got that in the summer last year and I've still got the bottle. I've got like half the bottle left. Oh, wow. It's such an effect. yeah, it's such an effective product for me. Like I don't even have to use that much and I, I only, only use it probably like four to five times a week and once a day. And you've still got, because their
0: bottles are pretty s- small.
1: This is a 240 milliliter bottle. Oh,
0: uh, okay, okay
1: quite a big one
0: yeah right. mm. so what do you do you put that onto a pad and then swipe it all over or do you just use your hands
1: yeah. yeah definitely put it onto a pad and just like slide it across my face and also my neck and my just yeah just those areas that I saw need a bit of brightening as with most most black girls I do have a bit of discoloration. like yeah. I have discoloration all over my body. yeah, uh, it's something that I've just learned to accept and live with and embrace, you know having different different gradients of brown and you know hyperpigmentation. Like I actually didn't realize it was normal and that loads of other women had it as well. and I think because I've just accepted it as normal, I see it as something that i'm I'm happy to live with yeah. but on my face I definitely like to have a very even uh, complexion so this glycolic acid is amazing it helps with any scarring from spots or just uh, just anything that's like oh why does it look dull there you know yeah, <laughs> just yeah. to brighten it up a little bit um, and besides the acid I use one more product from The Ordinary, which is the caffeine solution, 5%. And um, this really helps me look alive in the morning. I put it under my eyes. I tend to have puffy eyes in the morning. Okay. And so it just helps to kind of like tighten up that area. And I also use this before going to bed because it helps with pigmentation. So I actually put this in areas that I want to brighten up a little bit. So I know they said it's like an, it's a, it's a for your eyes, but I actually use it in all areas of my face and I find
0: it amazing. But I found it interesting what you were talking about, about accepting the different skin tones. So I'm mixed race and I always, you know, I think I'm literally maybe five different tones all over. And then obviously taking into account, you know, the summer months things change again. And I was yeah. watching, you know, the makeup artist, Jackie Aina. Yeah, last week and I just loved how she was talking about it she was like look it's different for black girls so that whole matching your foundation to your neck no because so many Mm. of us have a different skin color on our neck so if you were to do that it wouldn't it wouldn't look right anyway do you know what I mean it would be too much of a blanket color so I just like how she talks about yeah if there's little things that you want to hide you know for your face that's fine but don't feel like you have to do this like we are all different and we all want different things from our look and I think yeah there's levels of acceptance and then there's levels of well you know this part I'm just gonna if I want to disguise that for the eight hours that I'm out of the house that's fine and I think it is about acceptance because you're not shown it you know you're not shown images of black women on television or whatever that's like Maybe her neck or around the mouth is a different color to the rest of the face. It's all kind of blocked out. So it doesn't seem normal. But normal is a word. I think we're talking about normal so much these days, like when things get back to normal or the new normal. Um, Mm. But what else have you been doing self-care wise? You've been taking any baths, cold showers. That's something that I've added in that I'm absolutely loving right now. But what about the rest of your body? Are you doing sort of more indulgent stuff?
1: Not really. Um, I take care of myself but I don't really like I guess it's something that I, I should consider developing you know with a proper well thought out self care routine. For me self care is more about like what's inside like what's okay. going on inside my mind as opposed to putting like nail varnish on or something like yeah. that. Not that that is, is any less of a thing. But self care for me is definitely taking time to be introspective and taking time to have more kind thoughts towards myself. For example, like when I said earlier, like when I'm putting on my makeup, I'm you know, I'm speaking positivity towards myself and I'm speaking loving things towards myself. For me that's that's real. That's for me that's important. That's what I classify a self care that's not just gonna have an effect on myself but will have an effect on the people around me. You know, if if I feel good about myself and if I'm if I have a loving and compassionate attitude towards myself, it will spill over to the people that I interact with and that's what that's what I desire to do as a human being. Don't get me wrong, I do love a clay face mask and I do love doing putting nail polish on my toes and on my fingernails, but I get more satisfaction out of journaling or, you know, just taking time to be still, putting my phone in the living room and just sitting in my bedroom with a book for an hour. I, I think I get more long-lasting joy out of that, doing those sorts of things.
0: Did you um, find it difficult at the start of lockdown to actually do those things though? Because I would say to myself, right, I'm going to leave the phone over there. I'm going to read. But I felt like my mind was, um, I heard this phrase the other day, ambient anxiety. And I was like, that's it? Because it doesn't have to be that you're sitting there worrying, but it's like you're kind of surrounded by like this general feeling of anxiety. And I found it personally, I find it really hard the first couple of weeks to do that hour of reading, even though I would be in a quiet room. But was it, it sounds like it might have been easier for you because you seem to already be someone that's very aware about meditation, etc.
1: I think the first week, like I said, was just chaos for me. Like I couldn't even think straight. And at the end of that first week of working from home, I decided to just remove several social media apps from my phone.
0: Oh, really?
1: Yeah, I just didn't from my phone. I was actually just getting really sick and tired of seeing the things that I was seeing. There was a lot of, just the reporting, I didn't find very ethical or proper. And this was reporting coming from legit, well, I say legit, legit in air quotes. Yeah, (laughs) the ones that we know. uh, Media outlets. Yeah. Yeah. It's It's just trash. It's absolutely trash. And I just didn't want to see it. I just wanted to see my funny memes. But every meme was slowly becoming something COVID-related. And I just did not want to see that. So I took a little hiatus. and so just removed some things from my phone. Some things I have put back on my phone, just because habit and I enjoy them. But that first week, I was not in the best shape or the best state. And I was just eating crap. And I was just not, I don't know. It was just kind of like a a reaction, you know, yes. rather than a well thought out response to something. I guess none of us have ever had to deal with any anything like this before.
0: So what apps did you put back on just out of curiosity?
1: So I've definitely put Instagram back on my phone and I put it on my phone because Instagram is a big source of inspiration for me. I just, Love seeing what the girls are doing. You know, mm. I love seeing. I love watching you play with makeup every day. <laughs> it's amazing. I love seeing how people are finding ways to like bring creativity, like in the home, keep it in the home. Whether it's just playing dress up in their closets, or you know, um, this challenge that's going around. I think it's called Don't Rush. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm obsessed <laughs> with this challenge. I cannot get enough. I'm just obsessed with watching these beautiful girls transform and collaborate with each other. Yes. I yeah. think that's something that I've definitely been missing, especially within the uh, social media influencer circles.
0: There's so much out there. It's like you mentioned apps. One app I can't deal with right now, and maybe it makes me really naive, but um, Twitter I just can't cope with Twitter at the moment because... It's
1: outrageous right now. It's the bleakest one.
0: It's the bleakest and it's also full of experts, as in not. And, you know, it's, I don't know, it seems like much more immediate. I I think people maybe think more about what they say on Instagram, purely because, you know, you have to sit there and write a caption and you've Mm. got a tag and you've got to do the picture, whereas Twitter is you know they call it like twitter fingers don't they it's much it's much quicker so people can attack so much quicker as well it's like somebody someone said the other day i'm really loving unsubscribing from newsletters from brands that i don't even buy from she said i find it really therapeutic and now i've got a lot less and immediately she got um like quite small ones i have to say like influencers or bloggers saying well we all have to make a living and she was like hey
1: I wasn't wow. saying
0: don't do it, I'm just saying I've found that it works for me and I'm sharing it with people. Do you know what I mean? I think Twitter is just way more aggressive.
1: <laughs> it is a very aggressive platform, which I say the people on the platform are very aggressive and it's, I think Twitter has empowered people in positive <laughs> ways, but then it has also empowered them in some not so positive ways. Everyone's a critic and everyone wants to really push their own agenda and everyone wants to judge. Everyone wants to use Twitter to judge. I think the thing that's been annoying me the most is people coming on Twitter to talk trash about what people are doing during this lockdown. And, you know, like, for example, people judging people that go outside (sighs) as if going outside is a blanket thing. Like, people have different reasons to go outside. You know, it lacks a lot of nuance. Yeah, and and humanity like who are you exactly do what you want to do
0: but me personally Zainab if if you told me I cannot go outside I I I think it would really affect me mentally because when I do go out I'm appreciating it so much more I'm like looking up a lot more I'm noticing architecture that I hadn't even seen before but also I feel the fresh air on my face and I breathe it in And, you know, whether it's 20 minutes, 10 minutes or an hour, if someone was to take that away from me, I think that's when I would lose it. Because I know people in other countries, it is more strict. You have to have a piece of paper to say why you're leaving. But I am really grateful that right now we don't have to stay in. But have you been doing any exercise while you're while you've been going through this? I know you mentioned before we started recording that you were going to go cycling today
1: yeah i'm gonna cycle today i uh, i'm like i'm a minimalist when it comes to exercise <laughs> <I don't know laughs> if that makes sense is that the minimum really amount good.
0: or the minimum like
1: Look, tools I, I'm, I'm all about the seven minute abs i don't have all day <laughs> and when i used to go to the gym i was just like yeah 20 minutes half an hour max and i'm out of here like i just don't like to be doing it for too long because I get bored and I need to move on to something quickly. And so I have a very simple routine that involves weight, which I stick to. And because I don't really enjoy the process that much, I have to like kind of distract myself. So I'll put put a playlist on, I'll put music on, or I'll put Netflix on and I'll work out at the same time so that I don't have to think about the fact that I'm working (laughs) out.
0: (laughs) the last question now which is when do you feel you're most beautiful
1: uh this is a really difficult question for me to ask okay why is that um so it's a difficult question for me to answer because i don't really think about feeling beautiful that much Mm -hmm. yeah um i think i think more about the the person i am and who i'm being yeah like before i go to bed i have this Way of just like revising my entire day, like, and sometimes I'm a bit hard on myself. Sometimes I'm a bit too critical. I sort of I lay and think about, oh, did I, you know, did I give enough today? Was I kind to people? You know, was just I'm just thinking about everything I did in the day, as opposed to when I've most felt beautiful. One answer that I could give. Is like when I'm getting dressed up to go out. And, and that could be to go out with my friends or to go out with family or to go out with my partner. That's when I'm putting like a full face on, you know, because <laughs> <the> our whole works. <laughs> <laughs> 15 layers of makeup. <laughs> and I feel beautiful, but that beauty is more so mixed with feeling glamorous. Not just like, I feel like a beautiful person. though I feel sexy. I feel glamorous. That's I get that, that yeah. feeling. I That's get the so glamorous I thing.
0: I get that it's like a different kind of beautiful. I think when glamour is involved, you just it's like another version of yourself, maybe. Yeah. Well, cool. Thank you so much for talking to me today. Thanks for listening. Please do like, subscribe and review when you get the chance. It's so important for me to keep improving on this podcast. So I'd love a review. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Beauty Podcast. And I'd love it if you could take a screenshot and tag me when you're listening so that I can see what you think. Thanks again for listening.